Former Bronco Dalton Reisner will be in the building soon. Could guard help finally be on the way? And what does that mean for Ezra Cleveland and or Ed Ingram? Let's get into it on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, Luke Braun, and let's find some joy today. You can find the Locked On Vikings podcast wherever you find your favorite shows, whether it is any audio listening platform or app, such as SiriusXM, which we are partnered with, or you can even go to YouTube, where you can see the kicking 1980s football posters that are in the background right now as I'm recording from my uh, my stepdad's office. Uh, or you can find me on Amazon Fire or Roku if you download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app, and you can browse Locked On Vikings from there. Today on the show, it is Twitter Tuesday, so I am answering all of your questions, most of your questions. <laughs> the questions that I will get to as I'm pretty much just scrolling the Twitter thread right now. So if you sent one in another forum and I miss it, I apologize. I'll get to as much as I can. Um, if you do have a question for me, you can send it to me anytime at Locked On Vikings or at Luke Brown NFL on Twitter on normal weeks. I'll catch it. Uh, you can also send an email to Locked On Vikings podcast at gmail.com or fill out the Google form in the show notes or leave a YouTube comment. I'll probably see it there too. Uh, but today, uh, I guess the first question I will answer comes from Ingram's left foot who asks Viking with a picture of Dalton Reisner. Same picture I used in the thumbnail uh, on, on YouTube. Um, so. I guess. <laughs> so Dalton Reisner, it was reported rap sheet. Uh, I think Mike Cleese was on it first. Rap sheet got in there. Everybody else uh, sort of followed suit. Dalton Reisner is going to come in for a visit. Makes a lot of sense. He coached a lot, or he was coached a lot by Chris Cooper, who is the offensive line coach for the Vikings. He came from the Broncos, so there's a connection there. And he hasn't signed a deal yet, which I find really curious because he is a pretty highly regarded starter. He played through his rookie contract. So I, I actually reached out to Cody Roark, of Lockdown Broncos uh, and asked him, hey, like, what's the deal? Why isn't this guy signed? And Cody basically said, hey, stellar rookie year, then kind of struggled for the for the next three. Um, and I, I thought that was very interesting. If you look at like pressure rates and, and PFF or run block win rate or whatever, he is regarded very highly by like all of those stats. But to take Cody's word for it, which I hold in pretty high regard. Cody knows ball. Um, he's coached. He's been, uh, you know, involved at, at higher levels, and he's very, very plugged in with the Broncos. Uh, if you're a Broncos fan, do go listen to Lockdown Broncos. But his assessment of Dalton Reisner was um, played greatest rookie year, has only played left guard, by the way, which we'll get into that in a sec, uh, and then struggled with communication issues and just got physically outplayed sometimes by three techs. So that bodes pretty poorly. And that's probably why the Broncos didn't bring him back, right? And then maybe there's this disconnect between what he and his agent and his camp think he can get and what teams are uh, willing to um, are willing to pay him. And that is what leads you to be a free agent. Because it's not always the worst players that are free agents. It's the one that the ones that are 
trying to go so far above their asking price, right? Like if you're willing to be, if you suck and you're willing to play the vet min, like you might get a deal before somebody who's good, but isn't willing to play the vet min, if that makes sense. So, um, there was another question about like, so what happens? How long of a leash does Ed Ingram have? Somebody asked, or what does this mean for Ezra Cleveland? Is he on his way out? Is he going to get moved to tackle as we don't know if Brian O'Neill is going to be back? Oli Udo is still taking those first team reps. Um, I would probably slow your roll on all of that. I'm I'm holding Cody's word in high regard here, uh, but also I don't know how serious Dalton Reisner would be as a replacement. Um, having done just the most cursory look into him that I can on a day that I spent most of in airports, uh, he's unsigned for a reason, and I think Cody laid that out well enough that I'm willing to parrot it. Um. But with Ezra Cleveland and Ed Ingram, the Vikings had all offseason to deal with that. So unless they got into camp and, and one or two of these dudes, I mean, they had the, the first day in pads, first day you can ever evaluate an O-lineman. And unless these dudes were stinking out loud so bad that the Vikings simply had to act, which by training camp reports, I do not believe happened. Nobody really mentioned O-line or D-line. Um... Like, it would have to be very, very, very apparent. So I don't think that's the case. I don't think that anything has changed from March, when the Vikings did not acquire any serious guard competition, and now. I think it's opportunism. My guess would be Dalton Reisner isn't getting the deals that he wanted, and he called up his old, his old O-line coach and said, hey, can I come in? And the old O-line coach said, Sure. Let's do a visit, workout, let's see what's up. Here is maybe a, a more realistic scenario here. This might be more of a Chris Reed replacement. I don't know how serious Chris Reed's injury is um, and when they expect him back. We've heard some optimistic things from Kevin O'Connell for however much that's worth, which isn't much. Uh, when you're talking about injury stuff, coach on a on the podium in training camp has lots of reasons to lie about that. Um, so I, I'm not too worried about that now I, I would apply apply the same to brian o'neill so if your crackpot theory is maybe ezra cleveland will move to tackle and uh dalton reisner is here to play left guard i guess if if he were he brought in to start that would be the case but again they have known like brian o'neill didn't disappear into the void like they've known this this feels like weird timing if the idea is man we're not going to have a right tackle we need to figure something out do that in March when he's recovering from a partially torn Achilles, not in camp, you know? Um, so my guess is this is more of a depth thing. It's a, hey, somebody on the depth is hurt. Let's bring in a guy that our O-line coach knows for a workout. And I don't think it goes much deeper than that. Um, if he were to push an offensive lineman, Ed Ingram would probably be the more likely choice just because, I mean, he's... A second-year player, Ezra Cleveland has had some really high highs and gotten a lot of praise uh, from the coaching staff in unprompted places. Um, Ingram feels like the guy that has not quite earned his keep as much as Ezra Cleveland had, and it's not completely unheard of for a team to ask a guy to switch sides if you're going to come take a job with us. So my, that's my guess. But my my real guess is he's a depth piece, and we don't. And maybe Chris Reed's injury is worse than we were led to believe. Um, I, I, I think people are going to get really, really crazy when it comes to guard, especially when it's a guy like Reisner, that that name has been 
bandied around it. Uh, Darren Wolfson said it once as just like an opinion, and then people just like flew off the rails with it. People have been saying the name Dalton Reisner for months that are not in Viking circles. Um, so I think now that his name is in the actual uh headlines people are going to go really really crazy going why isn't dalton reisner here why isn't he starting what's up and i want to caution you to maybe slow your roll on that if you're one of those people that's like great we got it all right sweet we have our ed ingram replacement we got guard help the problem is solved he's going to come in he's going to sign he's going to start he's going to be great i would say you're probably going a little bit too hard at that i think he's here to replace chris reed as a swing backup (laughs) Uh, and I look forward to being proven wrong if that's uh, what what happens. But based on the the way that he exited in Denver, uh, I don't know. That's how it how it feels to me. But let, let me jump into a couple other questions as well. Not just talk about the uh, news of the day because the Vikings put pads on in camp and we have seen a whole bunch. For example, uh, Drozo the Clown asked, have we heard or seen anything about new shiny tight end Josh Oliver being involved in this offense? Okay, so I've been talking a lot about my theoretical, uh, like hypotheticals and stuff for what I think will happen with Josh Oliver. But that's all on the whiteboard. And what's the, the quote from the Oppenheimer movie? Theory will, theory will only take you so far. Well, hey, there's a great highlight out there from him at camp uh, just dusting Marcus Davenport, which kind of rules. Not great for Marcus Davenport, but that's the nature of camp. I, I You will never see, like, if you want to take the, the wrong end of every piece of Vikings news, if you want to see, you know, hey, Daniil Hunter signed and he's actually really happy to be here on this contract as, oh, no, now they're going to have to pay him. Like, if you want to be that kind of glass half empty person, training camp is perfect for you because everybody who wins a rep means someone has to lose a rep. And you can just be mad that that someone either is bad, like Marcus Davenport, or, oh, they only beat a third stringer or whatever, you know. Uh, you, you can do that. That is something that you can do. It doesn't make you a very useful person to listen to, but if you're not interested in that, then I say go nuts. Uh, a very useful person to listen to, however, is Vinny Iyer. He does Locked On Fantasy Football, and he has partnered with eBay Motors uh, and the Locked On Network as a whole to bring you some of the best fantasy football picks every week. Uh, the eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit is the name of this recurring series thing that we are going to be doing all season. So we're talking a little bit about draft stuff. Let's say you've gone through a fantasy draft uh, and you need an RB2 in rounds, you know, three-ish. Let's say you've got a couple of wide receivers, maybe, and you need a running back that can be your bell cow, but, uh, you know, you're you're too late in the draft to get somebody like Derrick Henry. What about Jameer Gibbs? Uh, now, Jameer Gibbs, not a wide receiver, all right? He's he, that's that's lies that you've been peddled, <laughs> but he's doesn't have a lot of competition in that backfield. He will be involved in the receiving game. So you get your PPR stuff. It's just, you know, he's not running wide receiver routes. When I say that, I'm not really talking about it from the fantasy angle. He'll get that PPR boost that that receiving backs tend to get. Uh, and he has a great pedigree. I think he is going to be a good running back in what is a proven structure there in Detroit. I think that would be a very good fantasy pick for like your RB2 or your, oh no, I need a running back and I kind of neglected it because I went for a quarterback in Travis Kelsey or something. With eBay guaranteed fit, over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle are right at your fingertips and they fit your car. And that's what it's what is important. Whether it is your fantasy team looking for running backs that fit with what you've already done in that draft or with your car looking for a part an air filter, brake, battery, taillight, whatever that 
actually fits what your car does and what your car needs, eBay Motors has you covered. They'll make sure it's the right fit for your car, and they'll help guide you through the jungle of crazy, uh, all sorts of different brands and types of parts and stuff that's so impossible to navigate without something helping you through. eBay Motors can be that something. So switch gears, crank the AC, and quit sweating about what your car needs for the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle. Just look for that green check. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices at ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Moving right along with this Twitter Tuesday episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, still answering your questions. And thank you so much for those of you who did send in lots of questions. I did read all of your questions, so I saw it. All right. And I, and I love you and I thank you. And especially thank you to those of you who listen to the show every single day. Uh, Uneducated Ticks asks Big Nickel. Um, people have been starting to meet, I think I saw like a score North clip with like Phil and, and Judd, like, uh, riffing on just how funny big nickel sounds like when you say it over and over and over again. Um, big nickel is not that complicated of a thing. Most teams will do a big nickel at some point or other, uh, just as a sub package thing as a matchup thing. But essentially, if you think about nickel having three cornerbacks instead of two, if your base has, you know, two cornerbacks, two safeties, nickel has three cornerbacks, two safeties, five defensive backs, nickel five, get it. Uh, and then big nickel is just three safeties and two corners instead. That fifth guy's a little bigger. Uh, and, and really it's a question of, do you want Joan Williams or Josh Metellus on the field? Now I will say at a certain point in Monday's practice, Makai Blackman started getting first team reps and Joan Williams started getting second team reps. So that is also what happened in OTAs. So we might be seeing that that's that competition for who gets to be the third guy. It comes down to which of those two players is going to play better in camp, which we can watch very intently. And also would we rather have Byron Murphy stay on the outside in that, that, that nickel package with uh, Makai Blackman on the inside, which I believe is where he's been playing. Or Byron Murphy slides inside, and if it's Joe Juan Williams, he plays to the outside. So where do we want Byron Murphy as part of that as well? Uh, that's kind of deciding what our regular nickel package looks like. And then in games, when you're deciding regular nickel or big nickel, you're going, okay, Makai Blackman slash Joe Juan Williams, whichever, versus Josh Metellus. Who do we want on the field? And that's a play-to-play decision. Do we want the bigger guy? Do we want the guy who's... Uh, or do we want the faster guy? Which one of these guys would we rather have in the run fit? Who? What are we calling in this coverage? Is one of them better than the other? Maybe this is a Lewis Seen spot. You know, that's something. And by the way, Lewis Seen has been uh, killing it, apparently. He's been flying a lot over the field. I'm really excited to see just how real I feel that that is. Um, because I really, really want to see Lewis Seen succeed. Of course I do. He's a first-round pick. It'd be super cool to see him turn a corner and really find something after it looks so bleak with him not starting and getting hurt and all that. Um, ben King Quail asks, what are the odds we also end up with Jamison Williams? Um, zero. He's not a 2020 draft pick. Uh, <laughs> I should explain. So Jamison Williams seems to be having a rough camp. He got into a fight with Starling Thomas, I think his name was, who's an undrafted rookie uh cornerback now i don't know the state of the lions depth chart right now off the top of my head you'll have to listen to locked on lions for that and i'm sure matt Derry talked about this if you want to know more um but uh if he's an undrafted rookie i'm guessing he's not going to be at the ones right like that secondary is built better than that so 
Uh, I'm going to guess that that's Jamison Williams with like the, the threes. Is he with the threes? I got to look at that because sometimes the little ones will go up against the threes, so it's not necessarily the case. But Jamison Williams is like chilling with the threes. Is that like a punishing thing for his gambling suspension? Or is he just like with the threes? Because that would be highly concerning. I mean, as much as we're freaking out about Lewisine being with the twos, imagine if we like traded up 20 spots in the first to get him and he was with the threes. That would be very concerning, and if I were uh, going to look deeper into Lions camp, I would uh, perhaps investigate that. Um, Kevin Lovin, Ken Lovin Twitter says, asks, how much have you studied on Flores' defensive scheme, and what type of defensive personnel will look will it look like if a, an opposing uses any type of heavy personnel, like 12 or 21? Oh, okay, so this kind of goes into the last thing we were talking about, so... Um, how much have I studied of Flores' scheme? I, I've watched a couple of clinics. I've watched a couple of explainers and stuff. I, I think when it, if if last year is any indication with the Fangio stuff that Ed Donatel was doing, I didn't really get a great handle on that until I had seen it for a few weeks, like kind of week six, week seven of the regular season. Then I felt like I could really speak the language. Um, you know, you, you can only get so much from a textbook, I guess. But I will point you to the Kindred Skulls podcast if you have not heard that uh matt freeze and greg and nick olson are there i don't know greg's last name um matt did a whole breakdown of brian flores's thing that's like super 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 in-depth um that draws off of a lot of the same sources that like i learned from too so uh they i mean it's like it's like two hours it's way more than this show can ever be so i would point you to that um but to answer your question about personnel if they come out in a heavy personnel like 12 or 21 the answer to that question is probably going to be different game to game, and it depends on who do we feel like matches up against that guy. So let's say we go up against the 49ers, um, which we will play the 49ers, right? They, they won their division. So um, they're in 21 personnel. Who do we feel is the best Kyle Juszczyk matchup between Josh Metellus, Makai Blackman, Joe Juan Williams, Andrew Booth, or whatever. Do we want to do that so Byron Murphy's in the slot and he's covering that? You know, if we play a team like the Dolphins who have Mike Kosicki, right? Um, and maybe we want a corner on Mike Kosicki because we aren't worried about him as a blocker. Then maybe we do something like we have two bigger outside corners and Byron Murphy's in the slot. And we say, yeah, he can he can cover. Maybe we want Makai Blackman in, in the slot covering there uh, because then we can, you know, have somebody um like we we feel like his speed can match up better or whatever or maybe we can have uh we want someone like Josh Mattels because we want someone bigger on that body so with Kyle Juszczyk maybe that's the answer maybe the answer is we stick with four D-backs and we we stay in our base personnel there because we're worried about the 49ers run game that would probably be what I would do in that situation um although I'm not a coach so maybe <laughs> that's not, not I'm not a DC so maybe that's a bad answer for some reason that uh, Brian Flores knows about that, that I'm too stupid to know. But that's kind of the, the decision calculus is, okay, who is that 11th guy on their team, their third wide receiver or their second tight end or their fullback? Or who is that guy that's like their rotational guy? And who do we have that matches up with that guy well? Or how do we use this to get good matchups? The point is, is hunting matchups. Um, Landon Miller asks, will Rager even make the roster? I've been leaving him off my roster predictions. <laughs> if you go to my Patreon, patreon.com slash LukeBrownNFL, I have a 53-man roster prediction that I released right before camp opened. Um, I did not have Rager on it. I had Brandon Powell taking that job. Um, right now, that's the 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 size of it. 
you've got your kind of top four receivers locked in Jefferson, Osborne, Addison. Um, Addison had a crazy day on Monday, by the way. So get get stoked. Um, and then Jalen Naylor seems to be solidifying his hold on that fourth job. And then it's kind of, okay, wide receiver five. Is it Rager? Is it Brandon Powell? Is it someone like Tristan Jackson? I, I'll, I'll sort of reiterate what I say a lot in that roster prediction. What I'll say all the time when I do my, my 53-man stuff. If you're not a starter, it is about special teams. If you're wide receiver five, like I will take the seventh best from scrimmage wide receiver on the team if he can dress because he plays good special teams. Now he's contributing to my team rather than being a better fourth understudy for Justin Jefferson. Like I don't need that. I need someone that, um, you know, I mean, if we're down to like that many injuries, we're screwed no matter who is in there, but we're not down to any injuries. Week one, I need a guy on my punt team that's Rager and Brandon Powell are, are competing for the punt return job. Who wins the punt return job? Honestly, I'm really 50 50 on it, but Brandon Powell seems like a, a more consistent catcher of punts. Uh, and that's totally a vibe thing, by the way, if he's like actually fumbled a whole bunch and I just don't know about it, <laughs> please let me know. Um, but that's what I'll update my, my take accordingly. Uh, but that's wh- what this is coming down to for me is, is who do I feel like contributes more on special teams right now? I'm going to say, I'm going to guess that that's Powell, but I could absolutely be wrong there. So odds that he even makes the roster. I'm at a very 50, 50 right now. I'm very much at a toss up for him. Um, and you can be, I guess, as mad as you want to be about that, that they gave up what, like a fifth, two years from the trade and a seventh, one year from the trade for that, which I think, I think I did the, the math on the tra- trade charts. It averaged out to like a six round pick. It's, it was, they didn't give up much. It looked like a lot more cause it could have been a fourth and it could have been moved up or whatever, but, uh, it didn't because the Vikings didn't win a playoff game. So thank you, Ed Donatel. You saved us from giving up a fourth instead of a fifth for Jalen Rager. Um, I'm going to keep going with many, many more of your questions. Uh, and we'll keep rolling on Twitter Tuesday on the lockdown Vikings podcast. Keeping it rolling on the Locked On Vikings podcast. It's Twitter Tuesday. I'm answering your questions. Next one is going to be from Get Quacken, who asks, are you going to be at camp providing actual informative updates? If so, how are you going to avoid the Vikings mafia from bodybagging you? Yeah, so last year, if you remember, there's this whole thing. Fans aren't allowed to take video and all that. Fans are again taking video, so I don't know about that. But I, I don't think I'm going to be taking video just because... A, if there's any major highlights or cool clips out there, uh, it's already out there. And B, I'll probably live tweet a lot um, just descriptively because I feel like, I don't know, that just works better with my brain. And if you want to see video, you can find it elsewhere. But Get Quacken also asked for straight, unfiltered, shameless propaganda. So here you go. Lewis Seen flying all over the field. Jordan Addison uh, looks nigh unguardable. Justin Jefferson actually is unguardable. Uh Byron Murphy against Justin Jefferson. You can tell he's a good corner because of the way that he is playing against Justin Jefferson. He's not winning the reps. You're not going to win reps against Justin Jefferson. But you can tell uh, just by how well he holds his own that Byron Murphy's going to work out. And by the way, Makai Blackman's rolling with the ones now, and he's starting to take his hold on a starting job. It actually is turning out. Oh, and Andrew Booth got an inter- got an interception. So when Quasey came up on the podium a few months ago and said, hey, by the way, all those 2022 draft picks, they're going to come in and we're going to get all these 2023 rookies. Guess what? Slam dunk, grand slam, home run, baby. There's your, your propaganda. 
<laughs> Rob Meek asks, the team spent additional money to extend Hunter. What could they have done with that money had they not agreed to the extension? It's an interesting way to think about it. Um, the, 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 the cleanest, easiest answer I have to this is sign a worse pass rusher. <laughs> it's kind of bleak, and it's why I was so heavily in favor of doing that. Um, other options would have been, like, if you traded him away, which was what was going to happen. He wasn't going to just, like, sit on the bench all year, right? If if he if they didn't get a deal done, they were going to trade him. But they got a deal done. Um, if they had traded him away, they probably would have gotten some level of a draft pick, cleared I think a little bit of space now, but they would have taken like more dead space next year. So between this year and net next, it would have still been a net loss um, just because of all of the restructuring that they've done. It's like a really hard contract to trade, which is why that always felt like such a weird option for people to get super obsessed with um, looking at you Jags fans. But <laughs> uh, the options elsewhere because you need a edge rusher now right you're not just going to roll into the season with like here's dj wanham and pat jones rotating and that's our starters like that's really unserious so you would have gone out probably and gotten unique and gawk way or isn't justin houston still out there or did he sign with the bears or did he just visit um but you're, you're looking at like that caliber of player and that's just not gonna be as good so the vikings would have just like saved money and been worse congratulations you've learned how to get worse at football i could go take over a team and make it worse too It'd be really easy for me <laughs> that's what i think would happen i mean you could look at something like like dalton reisner right maybe he comes in and he says i want 10 million dollars and you go oh crap i we just extended hunter we can't afford to do that wish we hadn't done that we could have had reisner but again i don't think that that's i like given the option between have daniel hunter or have dalton reisner uh there's a, a real easy answer to that one. <laughs> um, Thursky asks, does the Flores scheme prioritize taller corners on the outside? Joe Juan Williams and Akela Evans have started training camp with the first team and they're the tallest corners on the roster. I don't think that's why. I think that's a coincidence. But like, it's not like being tall isn't a helpful thing. Like Taller corners are better, fact assuming that that doesn't also come with a drawback of being slower or being worse, right? But if you take the exact same two guys, one of them has two inches on the other and everything else about them is all the same, yeah, of course you like the taller guy, which isn't true of all positions. Like some offensive line positions, some running back positions, you might want it a little shorter for like center of gravity reasons. Um, like centers tend to, like you don't want a 6'6 six, six center um, necessarily. It'll be harder for them to get their pads down and stuff. Like 6'6, six, six, you gotta be out at tackle. Um but for corner, I think that's more that has more to do with stat. It's a status quo thing when it comes to like pole position entering camp. It's okay, Joan Williams, you're a veteran, right? You've been in the league longer, and I know you don't have the pedigree. Like we don't think of Joan Williams as the premier corner, you know, CB two on the team. Uh, but he's a veteran, and all the rookies have to go beat him, right? Um, I don't think that that you make that decision based necessarily on, okay, if we have to play a game tomorrow, who's playing? You go, all right, Makai Blackman is here. He's got to prove that he's better than Joe Juan Williams. He should be able to do that. If he's if he's good enough to start, he should be able to do that. Uh, and if he can't do that, then obviously we have a huge problem and we're not going to want him on the field. So let's use that as the first test. Let's make him do that. And then we'll, we'll, we'll worry about, you know, how we play him and how he actually does as a starter and other guys that he's competing with, like Andrew Booth and stuff. Um... Somebody else asked, uh, 
what like are we ready to give up on Andrew Booth? I can't find the exact question. Uh, so I apologize to whoever asked that, but somebody did ask about Andrew Booth is like, Hey, is Andrew Booth done? Like at what point do we start to worry that he's just like a bust and a half? And I'm going to be honest after the Cowboys game, I didn't know how hurt he was. So I should probably back off this a little bit, but honestly he was this bad in the bills game too. And, and in the preseason that we saw of him, um, I am pretty worried about Andrew Booth. I think he has a long way to go. I think there's a lot of stuff that he has left to do that, um, is not the kind of stuff you wish someone was working on when you're like a second round pick and we need contribution from you now. Um, I did a Patreon video that talks more about the specifics, but it's, there's just footworks that he wasn't using, um, decisions that he makes that are just way too aggressive. There is the rep. I think I talked about it yesterday. There was a rep about, um, of, of him, trying to play catch technique and being flat footed and, and going up against Justin Jefferson and he gives up a huge touchdown doing it because catch technique is a very, very risky way to play cornerback. And if you can do it, it can be a great way to use physicality to beat really good receivers that you maybe can't hang with one V one in a, you know, in a route, um, that are running like a, a real route. But the problem is if you lose, you lose bad on catch technique. And that's sort of the thing with Booth is he always chooses those ways to play where if he loses, he loses bad. Um, corners are really tough thing. And I've made the mistake a lot with corners on ascribing things to them that looks a lot like their fault, but isn't. So I want to be really, really careful to, to like specifically diagnose what goes wrong on a, on a given rep. But with Andrew Booth, it seems to always be that he doesn't have enough clubs in his bag and the clubs he does have are all so high risk, high reward. And at corner, that is not what you want at wide receiver. You lose a rep. The quarterback moves on at corner. You lose a rep. The quarterback, well, he doesn't move on. So the the stakes are high are are higher than you want for that sort of volatility. I love volatility on a wide receiver. Somebody who only wins three reps, but they're three touchdowns. Well, guess what? That's Randy Moss versus the Cowboys on Thanksgiving in 1998. He got three catches for three touchdowns, right? Like if the, if that's the game that you had, it's legendary, and we're talking about it forever. If you're a, a corner and you only lose three reps for three touchdowns. Well, we're talking about the other guy's game forever, right? If you only win three reps as a corner and you lose all the other reps, you just had the worst day of your life. <laughs> it's it's a different world and that volatility isn't great for it. And it's sort of why a Caleb Evans, who is a little bit more of your standard package as a corner, is starting and should remain starting until Andrew Booth can kind of prove otherwise. Um, but either way... I've been concerned about Andrew Booth for a minute and we'll see if he can come in and get any, anything going here. The other thing with any rookie for me and, and hopefully my, my everydayers are with me on this by this point. Uh, it's, it's never over till it's over. Guys can come in and have a good year, year four, year three. I, I'll let it's not common, but I'll give them the opportunity to do so and the benefit of the doubt and whatnot. Um, but it hasn't been good so far. Like that's all we can say, right? The film is is all all, all the film tells us and and production and stuff 
hasn't been good so far. Will that change? I guess it's on him. Um, tomorrow, I will have actually seen some stuff, so I'm excited to uh, bring that to you. I'm very, very excited to actually watch Lewis scene, watch what they're doing with the corners and really see if I can figure it out, see if I can diagnose some coverages and kind of tell you more than what you'll get from people who aren't allowed to say more. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm glad that I can at least like kind of get that advantage and show you that that perspective. Uh, you know, that does mean I'm in the cheap seats, but hey, that means I'm with all of you lovely folks. So I will be at training camp and uh, reporting here for a while. I'm excited to give you the blow by blow. I'll see you all for that. And as always, skull.